Good morning, Radiant Life. What a great time of worship. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord with each of you. And uh, so great. If you've been here for years and years, or I met three families that first-timers this morning, just once again want to say thank you for being here for worshiping Jesus. And uh, there's nothing better than that. Also want to be sure... It was mentioned earlier a little, but our new album, Every Battle, Radiant Life Worship, is out. And if you are a CD person, how many people still use a CD in the room? Like, oh, good, like at least a quarter of you. We have CDs now. They just got in, and uh, you can buy CDs out there in the uh, glass room. You can get those, and uh, it's great. You can also stream that anywhere music is streamed. I know the Gross family, we are loving just being able to worship with our church family all week long. And uh, it's so much fun. And so I hope you have been able to check those out. If you haven't, be sure to do that. And it's just such a, a great time being able to worship together once again all week long. Now we are in the middle of a sermon series compatible with the kingdom. The story of Joseph. As we've looked the last couple weeks, maybe uh, you were here, if you weren't here with us, maybe you know the story, or maybe today is the first time you've ever heard of this Joseph guy. Joseph lived a life that in the end, we're going to find out, was really, like it turned out well, but the 20 years before it turned out well, were a mess, an absolute mess. And not necessarily because of him, but because of all of the situations around him. And in fact, I don't like this story sometimes, because even in doing what God had for him to do, still things happened that were like, like just in case, uh, to catch us all up, his dad loved him big time, like of the 12 brothers, uh, including him. Uh, he was the favorite. He got a robe of, of many colors, or in their day would have been basically giving the inheritance or saying, this guy's my favorite. Don't care about you guys. He's going to be the one. Almost like royalty in the family, uh, which doesn't go well with the other 11 brothers, if you can believe that. It probably wouldn't have went well in your house either. Uh, so we did touch just a minute. If you're a parent, we don't do favorites. There might be some that are easier. There might be lots of things. If you're a parent, there are sometimes, right? It might change throughout the months and the years. But we love our children, all of our children. We don't give special gifts to them. Uh, that's good. But the brothers, they really did not like Joseph. Joseph had some dreams. The dreams basically said, you're all going to bow down to me, including the second dream, the dad and the mom. And it's like, ah, no thank you. They hated him. In fact, they hated him so much that his dad sent them, him to join them to check on how things were going out in the fields. And if you can believe this, they said, we're going to kill him. This is our moment. That dream's not going to happen because we're going to get him right here. They get talked out of it. He gets thrown in a pit. So instead, they just sold him into slavery in Egypt, like forever slavery. That's what his brothers, I'm just saying, not a good situation. I hope any of your lives even the roughest one, I hope, doesn't catch up with his because, I'm sorry, we need to pray for one another, uh, right, no matter what. But wow, his life was insane. But then when he gets to Egypt, I'd say everything starts to get even more interesting, I think. Today we're going to look at being with Potiphar, uh, the captain of the guard, being a part of his, his home and what that looks like, the blessing of God. But I also, before we even dive in, I want to encourage us to remember that we can walk in the blessing of God, the obedience, and do what God has called us to do. And it does not mean that every step of the way we will understand why the things happen in our life. Joseph, once again, he's already experienced, he's going to experience more. In other words, you can do what God's called you to do and still have people around you 
that have problems or die. You can do what you're supposed to do and you can lose a job. You can do what you're supposed to do in his case and get sold into slavery. You can do what you're supposed to do and not always get the why of what's going on. Maybe some of us, if we, you know, we could have testimony time, uh, it might be like, yeah, I've been, I've been in a few things where I didn't understand. And maybe afterward, like Joseph, you see the result and you're like, thank you, Lord, your plan's better than mine. Or maybe you're still waiting, or maybe for some of us, someday we're going to get to heaven. And well done, thou good and faithful servant, will be all that we need to know. But God might reveal something that's on the other side that we're like, oh man, I'm so thankful that I was thankful, that I was consistent, that I was where God had me to be. And that, I think, is what the story of Joseph is all about. Today we're going to look at the heart compatible with the kingdom, the story of Joseph. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 39 this morning. We'll kind of go through the whole portion of scripture this morning, and we're going to start here with the first six verses, including a couple that we touched on last week. He's just been sold, and then it says, Genesis 39, 1, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Mo, or Joseph, Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Joseph sold into slavery, removed from everything he knew, removed from culture, removed from the life and the style and uh, language things, removed from all of these things, put into Egypt. And God somehow use this guy and almost instantly we don't know the time frame but Potiphar realized there's something special he could say the Lord is with him the Lord is with him I believe Joseph served with consistency now when I think about this story this morning we're going to be talking as Pastor David mentioned on the screen we're talking about serving a little bit I think of a guy that he had to fully put himself into the situation he was in, right? He had to be all in. He had to learn the culture, learn the customs, learn what he needed to do. He was not a slave and a servant where he was. He was a child. He was 17 years old. And then he goes, and all of a sudden, he is a servant. The word would say it was 11 years that he served in Potiphar's house. 11 years that he had to be consistent that he had to be faithful, that he had to continue to do what he was supposed to do. Potiphar, the captain of the guard, maybe you could say like the head of, of uh, Pharaoh's secret service. Uh, this guy, he served as the Lord had for him. It says he was successful and his master saw it. In fact, I believe that people should see the difference Jesus makes in your life by the way you serve and work by what you do by how you live by how you act and when i speak of serving later on in the service we're going to encourage you to 
be a part and to serve here. Maybe you're not actively serving in a role. We're going to invite you to join us. But I'm talking about way more than an hour or two or three on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about way more than a couple hours on a Wednesday night, maybe girls' ministries or Royal Rangers or or worship team or first impressions. I'm talking about our life, who we are, what we do, how we serve the people around us that start in our home, obviously with God, our home, our job, in our community, what we're like when we're in a grocery store, what we're like when we're at a place that, that they need Jesus. And we might not even know who they are. I was at Meyer yesterday and uh, I thought this would not be so difficult, but my wife gave me a few things to pick up, like chili ingredients. So I'm like, I'm sure that all of the chili stuff will be right there, like contained, and I can just grab it all, and it'll be good. Uh, lots of smiling faces in the room, like, wrong. That's what it was, was wrong. So I called my wife a few times, like, hey, Inmeyer, uh, I'm trying to find this. I cannot find it. She's like, go to the back of the store and three rows up. It'll be like a quarter of the way down. And I'm like, how in the world? But once I was talking and this guy, super helpful, he's like, hey, this might be weird, but I heard you over, you know, I, I, I heard you overheard your conversation with your wife. Hey, I think that's right here. Like told me where the thing was. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like I want to be someone that I'm serving even in a grocery store overhearing someone's message, message. Try not to be creepy or weird, but, you know, just helping. Whatever I can do. When I think of Joseph and the life that he lived, uh, I truly, the person that came to my mind is actually my dad. A few weeks ago, uh, which for those that are new, he's our founding pastor, started the church uh, 41 and a half years ago or so. He's still on staff with us. We transitioned about three and a half years ago. And in those three and a half years, you might think someone who led the church as the lead pastor for that long would probably like back up and not really just kind of hang out and do nothing uh, wrong. That would be a definite wrong, like me thinking it's easy to buy chili products. Uh, Since he has retired, I don't think that's the right term, but since he's retired, he's painted almost every wall in this building. He's all of these sound panels in this room, when the walls were painted gray, they stuck out and looked, if I can say this, they looked like snot on the wall. So he had to recover them and make them black because it fit with the gray. He has done thing after thing after thing, saved the church, probably not, probably, at least 100000 maybe more dollars by what he's done himself, including all the lighting in the building. He has made it all LED lighting and not bought all the new fixtures, but retrofitted it, like done all of this crazy stuff. Why? Because he has to? Nope. Because he's a servant. A few weeks ago, and I hope you noticed when you came in, all of our new signage uh, went up this week all over the building. Uh, as you go to the, the uh, business meeting this afternoon, you'll see a mural wall down across from the offices in the kids' wing. Uh, but a few weeks ago, we were talking with the people that were going to be putting that in, and we found out we needed to have three weeks or so of paint. It needed to be on the wall before they would put that on, because if not, the gases from the paint wouldn't fully release, and it would make them bubble up, actually. Like, who, who knew? Who knew? But they did. So I tell dad, we might need this to be done, all of the sanctuary signage. In fact, if you, maybe you noticed during Christmas, there was no signage in this building. Everything was gone. It was just gray walls, like really, really boring. But that's how it was. Why? Because dad heard, okay, this is going to need to be done. And before I came in the building the next time, it was all pulled off the wall. He had already painted most of it, just a few walls left. 
Why? Because he saw something that needed done, and what did he do? Did he wait until we made him do it? Did we, ask? we didn't even have to ask him. He just served. When I think of Joseph, I think of somebody that personally I would look at, like my dad, who just serves. You don't always see this, but he'll have a meeting at our network office in the morning, and then he'll come back here, he'll change and paint something or build something or do something, save us a lot of money. And then he will change back into his dressy clothes to go back to the network office at Polaris and have another meeting. Like that's my, does he have to do that? No, he could go home and he could just do it. No, but he's going to serve. And I want to be someone that lives in a consistent way that the world around me says, Pastor Chris, I'm good with, he's kind of like his dad. He works really hard. Like if I get in that category, I feel really good. Like the Lord is blessed. I've arrived, right? I'm going to serve and do things maybe differently. And I pray way different than people that may not know the Lord. I pray my heart is going to be different, right? It better be because I know the Lord, because the word is in me. And not only am I going to study the word and spend time in prayer and spend time in worship, but I'm going to work hard. I'm going to serve hard. I'm going to love people, encourage people, consistency. He served with him. As we continue on, we see that even in this serving and in this blessing, that Joseph's life took another turn that he would have rather done without. I feel quite confident. As we pick up in the second half of verse 6 of Genesis 39, it says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Now real fast, I think this is super cool. Only King David and Absalom in the Bible were basically told this is a beautiful man. Like that's pretty much what was going on here. If you really look at it, original language, they're saying this dude's a beautiful dude. There's three people in the Bible, and so Joseph is one of them. You know, I'm like, I wonder what it would have said about me if I was, I'm not sure. I maybe don't, okay, don't really need to think about that. But that's pretty cool. But so Joseph going into this next part, he is a good-looking person, right? He's basically beautiful. And this, in the ESV, it says handsome, in form and appearance. So he probably had some muscles. He probably was a pretty good-looking good individual, one of three in the Bible. And he was a hard worker. The master of the house gave him everything because if the master gave it to him, he didn't have to think about it anymore. That's this, that's this guy, like a dreamy guy, right? Like appearance and in who he was. It says, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of my master, or because my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge, he is now greater in this house than I am. Or he is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by the garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. 
Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. Joseph served with resistance. Joseph had this lady that, was, that wanted to have sex with him, wanted to lie with him, wanted to be with him. And Joseph had to say no. Joseph had to, to say no. And even in the midst of serving in this place, there was a resistance that he had to walk in. When I think of our lives and I think of our life, our ministry, of our services, of who we are, there's times in our life where we have to choose whether we're going to be a person of character, whether we're going to be a person like Joseph, or we're going to take the easy way out. Many times when we think of the easy way out, we're, that's not, we're not looking for sin, we're not trying to sin, we're not trying to do wrong. But instead of saying no to what needs to be said no to, we try to build ourselves up maybe, and we try to be strong, but we try to do it on our own. We try to, to serve God, and we want to do our best, and we don't want to sin, but we also don't want to get out of the house when we need to get out of the house. We don't want to say no to what we want, need to say no to. And Joseph was a man with many uh, qualities in his character, things that we see here. We believe that J Joseph let his faith be known. They knew his Lord. They knew that, they, that they, he was blessed by God. Joseph kept busy. He worked hard. He made it happen, whatever he could do to see the, the will of God and just to serve and be faithful, to work with that consistency. But then we see that he was careful to never be alone with his temptation. There's many times in our lives where once again we want to believe, I'm strong enough to do this by myself, whatever it might be. It's okay, I, I've been in the Word, I've spent time with Jesus, I want to follow Him, I want to serve Him, so I'm good. And I've had conversation after conversation with people, with pastor friends, with people that are in my life. Then I'm like, I would much rather keep myself away from temptation than try to see how close and how strong I can be fighting temptation. Because I know that we are all humans, I am human, and when we put ourselves in a place where we're standing alone with our temptation and with what is a struggle for us, sooner or later, what do humans do? We mess up. We do stupid stuff. There's no time in my life where I want to see how strong I can be and, and hold against sin or temptation by myself. Instead, I want us to come together. I want brothers and sisters to be with me. I want people to hold me accountable and to be with me where the house is not alone, where I don't get put in a position of compromise. I'm not worried about what someone would say about me. I'm worried about what I would do because I'm a sinful person. I believe that Joseph understood. Joseph knew. The captain of the, the guard, this dude probably had an attractive wife, and he knew, I'm not going to be there by myself. And what happened in this situation? He, he finds himself there. But even before, it talks about uh, the fact that he called sin what it was. He tried to stay away from temptation, but then he says that this great wickedness and sin against God, he could not do he knew it would affect others. He knew it would affect people around him. He knew, I'm not going to let this happen because it will hurt my master. It will hurt the people around me. And he knew it would hurt himself. In fact, that is what sin is. God 
wants to protect us and keep us safe and keep us from ourselves sometimes and keep us from others. Why? So we don't sin. We choose to rely on the Lord. We don't commit adultery with our boss's wife. Why? That's not going to be good for our future, right? I mean, I think we can pretty much. But there's other things that are lesser that when we rely on God, I realize I don't have to rely on myself. It's not about me. It's not about my ultimate and infinite wisdom, but it's about God working in and through And when we let his glory and his presence move in our life, then all of a sudden we begin to see there's no way I'm going to let that great wickedness in. I believe there's some people in the house, believe that we, as people who are at least here on a Sunday morning, most of us who have maybe given our lives to the Lord, it's time maybe for some of us to start calling sin, sin. It's time for us to start calling wickedness, wickedness, and say there's no way I could be a part of that wickedness. Because as long as they say, ah, it's not that big a deal. Ah, everybody else is doing it. I can make excuses for myself so easily. It can be done in books, in movies, in the internet. Ah, it's just a movie. It's a movie that causes my mind to go where it shouldn't. It's a movie that, that pulls my heart away from what's right. My wife and I, sometimes we find the show, we love the show, it's like, yes! And then you get in it and you're like, eh, this, isn't a, this is not spiritually uplifting and I don't need it in my life. And sometimes we like the show, like we want to watch it, but it's not worth it. We say, no, I'm not going to be a part, and I'm going to call sin, sin. And I want to encourage some people here today that if you want to have areas of your life protected, if you want to walk with God and you don't want to go through things because of, of what you do, there's enough stuff that just happens because we're in the world. It's time to start saying, Lord, what is right? What is wrong? What is sin? And it's time to know that one thing might not be sin, but I know myself. And if I let myself be a part of that, it leads down a road that I'm not going to be a part of. So I'm not even going to go on that trail, on that path. Joseph understood he kept himself apart, and he simply said no. He refused when it came right down to it. When Potiphar's wife came and and basically, from commentaries reading, most likely set him up, got everybody else out of the household, that wouldn't have been a normal thing, got it, so all of a sudden he comes in doing what he's supposed to be doing, and she says, hey, come, lie with me, takes his cloak, what's he, no, he refuses, and he runs away. If we keep ourselves pure to the Lord in our mind, our heart, we're not trying to just be strong and do it ourselves. But when there's moments when it's time to make a decision, we don't really need to think about it much. Here, it's pretty obvious. Other times in our own life, normally it's pretty obvious. Sometimes we may need to let God lead us and guide us, and He will. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. But when we realize we're in a position we should not be, it is not the time to worry about what someone might think. It's not the time to worry about what this lady's going to do or what this person or what this thing is going to do. It's time to simply get up and run away from what we should not be a part of. And it's so easy to be like, ah, I'm strong, it's fine. No, no, you're not. I'm not. I'll speak to my, I'm not. No, I'm not. Run away from sin. Run away from great wickedness. Run away and stay true to who Jesus is. Because if we try to skirt it and we just kind of, well, it's, it's not that big a deal. Sooner or later, not that big a deal turns into destruction. Turns into wickedness. Turns into sin. He knew. 
He knew, I can not. He fled. He ran away. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, 13 says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And for somebody in the house, maybe you're walking in sin. You're like, I just can't. I can't. I'm just in. It is what it is. I want you to know the word of God. He will give you a way of escape. The next time you face that thing, run it. The next time, maybe before you face that thing, turn off some access or get away from some people or put yourself in a place where you're not alone anymore and watch him give you a way to escape from what's been a problem, been holding you, been a just baggage in your life. No, let God help you get away from it. Because then the blessing of God goes with you no matter what else happens. And I know in my life, I want to serve the Lord with consistency. And sometimes it might be with resistance. I believe when we come together, when we serve, when we're serving God, then when those things come our way, it's not like, well, that's, uh, it's not that big. No, you've, you're serving the Lord. You're honoring the Lord. You're following the Lord. And you can say no and resist what the devil would throw at you because you have one mind and heart. Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? I don't care if I'm a slave in Potiphar's house. I'm going to serve. Now, when we get here, we see, you know, you're at your weakest when you decide you can do it on your own, right? He, he did not want to be alone. He ran away from the situation. And sometimes in our life, we're like, yes, I made it through something. Now it's going to be easy. Life's going to be simple, and we're going to be good. That's good. But guess what? Sometimes life doesn't go that way. Joseph, once again, he does what's right. He flees temptation. Then we get to verse uh, and as we saw, he is accused, and verse 19 goes on, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Right, so this guy does what he's supposed to do. He once again now gets put in prison. But what happens? God continues to work. Joseph did not know that prison was now he's two years away from being put in a position of authority and honor in Egypt. A position where he was going to save probably millions of people from starvation. Because God would give him a dream. Pharaoh would put him in charge. He would save for seven years the great, the great harvest that was going to be so that they could then give it away. He was a part of saving the Egyptians. He was a part of saving his own family who would come for food when there was nowhere else to turn. Joseph accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish. He served with blessing, whether it seemed easy, whether he was a slave, whether he was in his father's house, or here, whether he was in prison. The God of the universe wants to use and bless and pour into us, no matter what the situation is, no matter where we are. Now, as I was doing a little bit of study, I found out what happens if you are a slave in Egypt in this time period and you are accused of committing adultery with your boss's wife? <sighs> You're dead, 
right? Like, that's what would happen. What happened? This, this guy showed him favor. Why did he show him favor? As I was reading and studying, most people would say that his anger that is spoken of, that Potiphar had, was not actually at Joseph. Because this guy knew Joseph. He knew Joseph's character. He knew Joseph's, uh, who he was, his honor for God. He knew what he was about. He, many people would say the anger was at his wife because he knew that his wife was not telling the truth. He knew that Joseph was a man of honor, and he would not do this. So instead of dying, Joseph is put into jail. Now, there's no way to 100% know, but if you go to chapter 40, it says in verse 4, the captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them when the, cu- the cupbearer came. The captain of the guard, it says the same thing in, ver- in chapter 39. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, it is likely or definitely possible that Joseph by Potiphar was put into the place where Potiphar ran, which would have been this prison and the whole thing. So Joseph continued possibly to serve captain of the guard in 39 and verse 40. No matter what, God spared him because of his faithfulness, because of his character, because of who he was. God put him in a place where instantly, I mean, there's only in jail for two years, and he ran everything. The same words, basically, that were in 39 for his household. Because even when life doesn't seem fair, there was nothing fair about Joseph's life. He was faithful. He was true. He was consistent. He kept going. He resisted evil. He kept doing what God said. When God gave him a dream, he spoke his dream. When God gave him a word, he spoke his word. When he needed strength, he had strength to resist. And church, when we serve, it's not about a Sunday morning for an hour or two hours or a Wednesday night for a couple hours, although those things are super important. We're going to actually, here in a few minutes, people are going to come. You're going to have an opportunity to sign up. But it's about our life. Maybe more important than Sunday morning for a couple hours is Monday morning and Tuesday morning, and at your job with your boss, maybe you are the boss with your employees, how do you show character and honor and care for the people around you? How do you work for those? Maybe even sometimes people that, they're not that nice to you. They don't treat you like you think you should be treated. How do you serve them and honor them and care for them, even if you feel like, I'm basically just a slave, just doing my job? How do we honor where that boss says, you are obviously blessed from the Lord. When we serve with our life, with who we are, when we give him everything, church, great things can happen. The worship team, if you can come on back up here, if our ushers with the cards for this morning, if you can make your way up here. uh, This morning, um, I believe that God wants to speak to some people in the house. I believe that God wants to do something special. I believe, and we believe as a church, that we are servants, that we serve inside the house so we can go outside the house. We serve inside at Radiant Life Church, and that better not be it, but we go. And our ushers, they're going to come. They're going to pass out these cards. They're going to give you a pen. And what I'm encouraging you this morning is if you're a part of Radiant Life Church, this is not the answer to everything. This is not, but I believe it's the starting point as a church family, to serve one another, to grow, to have times when we meet. You can go ahead and begin passing those out, to begin to let God move. And maybe you're here in the house. I see some people with our Radiant Life kids shirts on. Thank you so much for serving. 
for our volunteers here that are past, thank you for serving. For our first impressions, those that served you coffee this morning, thank you. For our kids' ministry that they're serving right over there right now, thank you. For girls' ministries, Royal Rangers leaders, our worship team, thank you for your faithfulness. When we all serve together, when we come together, I believe God empowers us, He fills us, He trains us, He teaches us. Not for Sunday morning. Do you know that altar time is not as much for Sunday morning as it is for Monday morning? Altar time is, Lord, how do I make it through? How do I get empowered? How do I let you speak? Altar time is about outside of these walls. And our servant heart serving is the same. The day if you're already serving in three or four areas, please don't sign up for another thing unless God like makes you or tells you. But if you're not serving, would you pray this morning, Lord, what do you have me to do? Maybe you have kids in, in kids ministry, maybe in youth ministry, and you say, that's, man, I need to be a part. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I really want to bless the kids in the place, but you being in a, a room with two-year-olds, that might not be your jam at all. But there's this role on here that says coordinator. What's a coordinator do? You help the adults. Maybe you're like, that's me. I would love to do that. Maybe you just want to stay with babies. There's nursery. There's elementary. There's preschool. Royal Rangers, girls ministries. They're every week a part of what God is doing in these students' lives on Wednesday nights, our Royal Rangers and girls' ministry leaders. We need more so that we can fully and do our best to disciple our children, to mentor them. We need first impressions people. We need coordinators. We need greeters. We need people that you're available, that you're, you're saying hi to people at the front doors when they come in, that you're a part of passing out little cards if that's what it is, that you're a part of the cafe. It's all about making people feel welcome and a part. We need life group leaders. Our next season of life groups begins February 11th, and I want to encourage you to be a part of life groups. Don't miss it. They're discipleship. That's how we're learning and growing. We're going to be going through 1 John and just letting the, the, the small books of John really pour into our lives. But we need some people that you'd be willing to open your home. You'd be willing to host. It's a video series. Anybody, if you've gone through foundations, you could be trained. You could do it. You can bless some people around you as you just talk about the Bible. Care team, maybe you just need to be a part. And you want to help people. Maybe you want to help when people are hurting, when they're in the hospital or when they need food uh, after a situation. Maybe you want to be a part of Stephen Minister and really walk through a life's most difficult portions. Sign up for Care Team. We would love to get in contact with you. Worship and media. If you've never played drums before, don't sign up today. Take some lessons. But we need a, a drummer, another a drummer, acoustic guitar player, bass guitar player. If you are gifted in those areas, we would love to have you come and jump in and be a part. Our camera operators, sound men. We need photographers, people that run around, all the pictures that go online. Those happen because someone runs around here taking pictures. Videographer, we want to get more video. Different, all of these areas we right now are in need in some way. And I want to encourage you. If you've never maybe served here or maybe at church or maybe you have but you're not right now I want to invite you back in to the serving team to get part get, to become a part I'm excited Pastor Ashley uh, for Sunday mornings the team life room 
right on the right behind Jost back there is being created. Here in the next week or two, it's going to be done. That when you come on Sunday morning, there's going to be snacks for you, somewhere for you to put your coat, your stuff, just to be encouraged. We want to bless you. It matters what we do. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're not actively a part, would you maybe today pray and would you say yes to what the Lord would have you do here? But then as a church, could we say yes to what the Lord's doing outside of Sunday morning, Wednesday night, maybe a life group, whatever those other things are? Could we say, yes, Lord Jesus, would you show me what you have? Lord, would you help me get away from temptation? Lord, will you let my character be stronger than ever? Lord, if there's a situation I need to flee from, Lord, let me literally run if that's what it takes. Lord, let me serve people at the grocery store in my work, the people I like. And Lord, would you actually, would you help me serve people that naturally I don't like, but in you? You love me for some crazy reason, and I'm going to turn my heart to love my world, to serve whoever it might be. And we're going to close this time by, uh, by singing one more song, Out of Hiding, the song that's on our, our Radiant Life album uh, that you can get. And when you let God speak to you, what's that look like? Maybe, maybe something new, maybe some area, or maybe it's about what he wants to do outside of you. And then I'm going to come back, we'll collect the cards, we'll pray it out. We're going to have a business meeting. You can come join us for a business meeting you're a member, you can vote. If not, you can't. It's a fun time in our business meetings. We love it. Love to have you join us. But what's God speaking to you? So Lord, this morning, we thank you. We worship you. And we ask that even as we sing one more song this morning, Lord, don't let us be people that hide, do life alone. But Lord, let us come out of hiding. Let us come out to experience you, to let you move, let you speak. And Lord, I pray that what we see with Joseph's life, we would prefer maybe a little bit easier. We don't want to be in jail or slavery or get sold by our family. But Lord, would you help our character be, to be so that no matter what the situation, the next place I go, people are just going to say, there's something different. The Lord's obviously with them. They're blessed. Lord, I pray that even when it comes to Radiant Life Church, Lord, that maybe you just pull some hearts today for kids ministry, for, for care teams, for first impressions, for worship and media, whatever it might be, Lord, we want to serve you here, Lord, and let it take us out to change our world. Lord, we love you. We thank you. As we worship, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Seal this word in us, Lord Jesus. You're so good. In your name.